0: Welcome to another episode of the Be Guided and Be Great Podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Okay, this podcast is called A Psychic is a Mechanic of the Soul. And I'm going to give you a few things to think about when you are a psychic, when you're, you know, whether that be for your personal private life or you do it professionally. Uh, I want to kind of invite you to think of yourself a mechanic as a mechanic and we'll go ahead and talk about why I want to encourage you to think of yourself that way. But before we jump in, there's two things I want to tell you about. First is you can actually get my book, Be Guided and Be Great. It's available now on Amazon. And I'm letting you know before the book launch on October 1st, um, you can buy a Kindle uh, version or a regular printed copy. So go ahead and find my book, Be Guided and Be Great, at Amazon.com. And before we get into today's, into today's topic, let's do an Ask Kate And so today's Ask Kate, and remember, this is where you go on my website, you go to the podcast tab, com. go to the podcast tab, and there's a little um, image there that you can click, it's called Ask Kate. And this is where you two can go to ask me anything about intuition, you know, how does clairvoyance work? Um... What is an exit point? You know these things that we just have that there's not a lot of people to go to, to ask these very specific questions about intuition. But that's my focus. That's my specialty. That's what I do. So please go there and ask me any question you too have about intuition and um, I'll get you on the podcast. So today, as Kate comes from Martin from Austin, Texas, and Martin writes, Kate, I'm 54 Excuse me. I'm 51 years old and still don't understand how my intuition works. I predict things all the time for other people, but I can't predict things for myself to save my life. How can I have accurate predictions for others, but be so blind to myself? Okay, what a fabulous question. And I get this all the time from students. Um, just to normalize this for you, Martin. Um one of the one of the biggest things that comes up for my students, and it definitely came up for myself, it was like the intuition is a struggle. The biggest obstacle to your intuition is actually yourself. Um, two ways I want to explain this: when I teach my students to have a relationship and connect to their birth guide, meaning the one guide that has their life chart, I can't tell you how many people resist this. And then I get asked that, like, I can find all these other guides, but I can't meet my birth guide. And the reason why is because the birth guide is the one that reflects you the most. I mean, they hold your chart. So when the birth guide, the birth guide is leading you towards yourself, towards your own life, to towards your own bliss, towards your own healing and possibly trauma. So we can understand on a human level, how we really kind of want to avoid that unless we are a hundred percent in to confront that, which is us. And second of all, a lot of psychics want to master the art of their own predictions. And I understand that I did too. I wanted to know everything in my own life, predict everything, you know, forecast everything before I dare went out into the world as a psychic medium. But here's the thing. Intuition is really a navigation in real time. True, true intuition is not prediction based. It is in the moment. You know the next right step, as I believe Julia Cameron would say. So there's a falsehood around psychic stuff is only and strictly prediction based. It's not. It is very much towards what's the right choice in this moment. And that's why you want to have a relationship with your intuition. You want to know where to go in that moment to answer questions in that moment. Um, you want to know there's so many intricacies to intuition. It is not black and white. And one of the biggest things is our own self resistance. So it's very easy. Uh, It's so much easier to read for others. In fact, I prefer reading for strangers more than I do, you know, clients um, that do want to frequent my my work. It's so much easier to read for a stranger than it is my students because in a way, right? Because I do get to know their family on the other side, but I start to have feelings for my students. You know, I do care whether they succeed. I do care uh, whether it's flowing for them. So my own feelings can get in the way. So i doing this for so long. I have learned how to manage that and I and I know how to overcome that, but I absolutely remember what that felt like in the early days of doing this professionally, um family forget about it they're some of the hardest ones if you can't take yourself out of the family role and and just strictly be a channel it's very hard so it's easier to read for strangers it's easier to, to predict for others because you're not part of the consequence of that prediction so that's why martin um you maybe even depending on your childhood or how you you really developed your intuition you could be reading others before you ever read yourself, I mean, I think I was in my thirties before I finally put myself in the, in the, Mm, What am I trying to say? Like in the formula, it's not that, it's like an equation. You know, before I put myself actually in the intuitive equation, I was always reading other people. I was always reading and predicting and kind of trying to protect myself. And I never ever considered my own part of the story. And so, though you're 51 years old, it could be time for you to learn, truly learn again. depending on how your intuition really developed naturally. You could be inviting, it's time to invite yourself into the equation of your intuition. Um, Maybe i.e. learning to read yourself before you read other people. Like now, you know, I used to always care what other people thought. I used to always do what other people wanted me to. And now I'm very keen on what do I think? What do I want to do? What's right for me? And honestly, when you read yourself first, it's actually more welcoming to hear other people's perspective, because you don't have to do what other people think or say. And you don't have to come, you don't have to listen with the ear of defense, you can just listen to hear what they have to say. But you know, in the end, you're going to do what you're guided to do. So there's like a freedom and a purity and a clarity when you learn to put yourself in the equation of intuition. So I would encourage you, Martin, to learn to put yourself, you know, read yourself first before reading other people really actively, really asking those questions. Um, what am I going to do in a year? Is this going to work out for me? Um, you know, just kind of be playful with it, not life and death stuff, but just be playful with asking your own intuition prediction based stuff first. So you can, um, start the habit of being part of your intuitive read and then reading others, okay? So it's a little bit of a mental shift and it's a shifting gears as well where you put yourself in first and you put others maybe in fourth or fifth. <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, write back, Martin, and, and try these things and definitely um, do a follow-up with us because I'd love to hear how that works out for you. Thank you for asking that. Okay, let's jump into today's subject. So today's subject is a psychic is a mechanic of the soul. So throughout my profession, I've known this. And yet what happened this summer sort of helped me be able to language and context it in a really three dimensional way. And so you know, over the you know, my whole life, I've been studying spiritual stuff. I've been trying to figure out intuition. I would collect um, religious texts since I was a little girl. I'd hide it under my pillow. I would read anything I wanted to understand what I was. I wanted to understand what God was and what spirit is, and I wanted to understand the mechanics of it all. And so, I've spent every waking moment of my life in the pursuit of that, even when I became a mother, even when I got married, the, the fundamental thing I wanted to understand was what is this? You know, what is the love? What is this love? What is the spirit? What is my role as a mother through this lens of spirituality as my role as a psychic medium in the world? Um, I did not go to that professionally with ease. I went kicking and screaming. I did not want to do this professionally because i felt like my knowledge of how it worked was limited and yet here i could do it so i used to use the analogy that we were kind of like already like we were pilots but we're already flying a plane and we really don't know how we don't know how to land it if something if a bell goes off we don't know where it's coming from and we don't know how to fix it so when i used to do the big ask a medium shows i i used that analogy it's like it so intuition can be very scary it can be when you don't know you're flying a plane And bells are going off, but you don't know what the bell is and you don't know how to fix it. There's a lot of terror, right? So I learned what the lights were. I learned what the bells were. I learned, I've been bringing people into their flight of intuition, explaining what the flight is, explaining what the mechanics are. And that is what my life purpose is. That is what I do now professionally. But there is always a thing that I I couldn't quite understand when other people can't comprehend this work like on any level. Because as far as I'm concerned, we're all human. We are all mediums that's what i know to be true and we're all connected to heaven and spirits the same way it's just some of us know how to do it naturally so (laughs) so here's what happened so this summer um several things went wrong right I just became so, I have been always very appreciative of being married to a man who can fix things. I mean, he's a country boy from Kansas, and I don't take that for granted. Him and his dad and his brother, these boys can fix stuff. So we bought our daughter a car, and um, sure enough, like it overheats at the, you know, early August. It overheats. I'm with her. And so I I, I was happy to be there with her first, needing to pull over to the side of the road. (laughs) So we call, we call dad, you know, we call my husband and he comes and gets us. And sure enough, it's like an antifreeze thing. He just refilled it. It was no big deal. We made it home. Then the summer, our air conditioning went out. He didn't make a big fuss of it. He just went and got the part. He installed it. He was super proud of himself. I was very grateful, but I really had no interest in the mechanics of it. I was just like, you did it it's done thank god thank you very much you know and i moved on with my life but he kept wanting to talk about it and i just was like i'm not interested i just really am not interested (laughs) so uh, later in august Like not even a week later, my daughter's like clutch thingy went out. It was, you know, she couldn't even put it in park. You know, she calls one of the first days of school. Mom, mom, you know, I can't get the car to stop. So, you know, I'm panicking. I don't know what to do. Even if I can get to her, I don't know how to fix this. Right. So she finally got it the you know the emergency brake to stop the car she's able to go to school my husband and I um, you know I wouldn't pick the kids up from school he and I came back later we were able to get it home and he just the rest of the night didn't come out of the garage until he fixed it and it took days to get new parts and what have you but I mean he tears the car apart he knows what to do and in that moment I'm I'm hanging out with him cuz I'm missing him and I don't want him to have to be out there by himself but I had this profound awareness. I was kind of checking in with my guides and what I very much understood was he is, he is a mechanic of three dimensional things. If something breaks, he can fix it. And he so naturally fixes it as I do spiritual, mental, emotional things. I mean, if somebody I love, especially my children or my husband, if there's something broken, I'm fixing it and I'm not going to bed till it's fixed. And I'm not, and I, and I'm it's not taking anything from me. Like I felt bad he was in the garage fixing it, but he didn't seem to mind. In fact, he seemed a little bit excited. And that's how I feel about spiritual matters. Like you can't shut me up. I won't rest until it's done. I won't let you go to bed until this is resolved. I'm going to fix it. And, and it's a natural thing for me. I know the mechanics of it. And we're going to work through it until the problem's solved and I can get you up and running, no problem. And so there was this like neutralization of, and and, and understanding, because here's the thing, I'm self-aware enough to know there's no chance in hell I'm going to fix the car. I'm just not. You know, I will put in the windshield wiper stuff, I can check the fluids, I can check the gas, you know, oil. I mean, I'm a country kid too. I had to do those things as well. I can change a tire. You know, I very much can take care of basic stuff. But if there's something complex, I am not tearing it apart. Why? Because I'll mess it up much worse than it already is. (laughs) So I I was explaining this to him, that, that I'm not helping, I'm not touching it, because there's no way this is going to go well if I get involved in tearing apart the car. I won't be able to put it back together. I don't have the patience for it. I mean, I'm just, I'm a little bit too hyper for that type of stuff. And he's really calm and can really focus on that type of stuff. But I'm like a hyper contemplative, you know, I think when I'm getting ready, I think when I'm driving, I think when I'm running, I think when I'm cleaning everything I do, I'm thinking, but I can't sit still and do it where he's sits and he figures it out that way. So when there's something wrong with the children, or when there's something wrong, I've always said to him, not always, I try not to to absolutely say it to him, but he makes things worse. (laughs) So I get frustrated with him because he doesn't want to fix stuff, you know, if it comes up emotionally or spiritually for the family, especially the kids, he does not want to get involved. And that really frustrated me for a long time. Cause I was like, well, as a, you know, your role as a parent is to fix these things. Like, why don't you have any inkling to do that? And he couldn't answer me, you know? So I just thought, well, I don't understand. And this, I it just, I, I completely understand now it is he makes things worse because he doesn't know the mechanics of the soul. And so, just, you know, that, it, it, we, like, we got to some self awareness because <sighs> I had a lot of compassion for him. He doesn't get involved because he doesn't want to make it worse. When he does get involved, he makes it worse. And he doesn't do it intentionally. Just like if the car is broken down, I'm just not going to touch it because I know I have the self awareness to know I'll make it worse but that doesn't make me a bad person. What what I do is I'll call, you know, if he wasn't here, I'd call somebody who's an expert and get it taken care of. You know, it doesn't make me a bad person because I don't know the mechanics of a car anymore. Truly, then there's a lot of humans that don't understand. And because of the type of soul they are, the type of spirit they are, they will never understand. And that has to be okay. Because there are plenty of us on the planet that do that can fix these things. And so it's just kind of a neutralization of God, are we just really in this dimension? We are really dependent on each other. We need each other. We need people that fix things that we can't. And we are called to fix things other people can't. And yeah, I know a lot of resistant people are all very resistant to call themselves psychic because there's this myth that we know everything and we don't. The guides work just as hard blocking stuff from us as they do show you know, letting us see what we see naturally. And we're just we're human. And so we are really called to certain moments, to certain things. And if we're not comfortable in our psychicness, in our spirituality, if we do not, if we are rejecting our ability to fix and understand the realms and the mechanics of the spirit, then we are not fully, we are not fully here sharing our gifts. Uh, Let me just kind of tell one quick story to elaborate this point. I know I've told this story before, but, um, my, my grandpa, um, I think we're going back to like 2009 or so 2010 ish. And he was on his deathbed, and I started this work professionally in two thousand seven. But I was still scared to death. I was still in total resistance. I was still scared to tell people. I just, ugh, I couldn't. It was still so scary, and I was insecure about it. And my grandpa, who didn't really talk to me, uh, had my dad call me, and then he gets on the phone and he literally asked me for help. You know. Uh, Katie, what is this that you do? And I changed the subject. I just could not show up as a psychic for my grandpa. I could not be the mechanic he needed in that moment to find peace before he passed away. And I share that story passionately with you because I know you've had those moments too. You've been called to be the expert that you are and you've earned it. I know you've earned it over lifetimes You've earned it just like, it's not just that my husband's a country kid and his dad actually in his terms forced him to help fix stuff because <laughs> they, just because people force you doesn't mean you're listening. And well, the truth is, is that the type of soul he is, is mechanical. He's an actually educated engineer, but this goes way back into past lives. The way, the type of spirit he is, the type of past lives he's had, it all prepares us for the moment of today. So it's not his first rodeo with, uh, you know, being able to fix things any more than it's my first rodeo or your first rodeo being able to fix things as well. So the real invitation today is that you were born for this and the work for us can be becoming comfortable with your role, especially when it's needed. Um, my husband's not wired this way. But let's just say she needs her car. And you know, she needs to go to work. And she needs to go to school. And she needs all these things. Her anxiousness could upset him. But he's not really wired like that. So he knows he'll just get to it when he does. But as sensitive as psychics, we feel that pressure. I mean, if you're coming at me with like, this is life or death, I need to know if my mom on the other side is okay. Or I just got word that I have breast cancer. Am I going to die? I feel that anxiety. And so that's, that is one of the millions of reasons. There can be some resistance, some reluctancy to come to the table of your expertise being a mechanic of the soul. So fixing a car is less personal than fixing a spirit or a soul. It feels very intimate. But when this is something that you are called to share and do for humanity, I really want to invite you to just really normalize it. Like it's just a, it's a car. It's, you're helping fix a mechanical problem. And much like if my husband wasn't able to fix that clutch thing, we would take it to a specialist. And that is really true for psychics as well. I mean, I don't specialize in prediction stuff. Um, I would absolutely send a client to more prediction based stuff. If they're asking really specific, I can, I do do prediction stuff, but I don't specialize in it. It's not my passion. Um, I would send them to somebody who really specializes that I can get past life stuff. It is not my specialty. Um, That is not where I go to heal you. I, I don't. Um, I would send you to Ainsley McLeod, who very much specializes in past life stuff. So uh, our work is very normal. It is very normal in that because you're psychic does not mean you know everything. That is myth and it's bullshit, quite frankly, because you too are having a human experience. Okay, so for, you know, people typically go to a psychic, I I would consider my work more of a tune up. Um, I teach people how to use control and trust their intuition. And so I teach them that and that's all preventative. Because if you're working with your guides, your life should absolutely get better. And that should prevent a lot of crap a lot of heartache, a lot of torture. That's my experience. Um, it can prevent so much of that. So to me, the work of the psychic is prevention based. It's preparation based. Maybe you do feel really lost and you can't, so you don't really know the next right step. You go to a psychic who can talk to your guide if you can't to, to, to go there, to get that tune up, to make it an easier ride. Um, you know, maybe you're feeling like, uh, maybe I need to divorce my husband because it's just, it's whatever. The psychic can help. You know, maybe there are some lessons here. Maybe there is love here and th- there's a transition that you can go through together. Or maybe, yeah, it's just over and you need to run like hell. So, yeah, the psychic can get that bird's eye perspective on it. Um, just like taking your car to its annual you know get the oil change and you're taking care of those things that is what the psychics work is is we're just we're here for the tune-ups but the the big you know if you need a specialist then you go to a specialist even in the psychic work it's okay if you don't you don't know everything I just know that for a fact you don't I don't yes we can we can get bits and pieces but sometimes there's real work in certain things that You don't specialize in, and I just really want you to hear it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to know everything and be good at everything any more than guys and gals that can fix mechanical stuff can fix literally everything. I mean, my husband's pretty incredible. I do have to say. (laughs) Okay. So as we wrap up, I just want to give you three things to remember as a mechanic of the soul. So the first one is like I've just been talking about, sometimes you do need a specialist Um, you might need a specialist, even as a, uh, even as an intuitive yourself, even if you're professional, it's okay to go to others. If there are things you need expertise in, you deserve a helping hand with that. Yes. Of course, I always invite you to go to birth guides, but often birth guides even send us to others because there's a fundamental law that we need each other. And often these things we are called to go through involve other people. Because we as humans are learning that in this dimension, it's a co creation. And the spirit world really does encourage us to work with others to know that we are supported and loved, especially if that's a lesson for you. Um, psychics, some psychics aren't mediums. And I just I wanted to refine that as well. Um, and just because you go to a psychics doesn't imply that they're mediums as well. Um, Psychic stuff can be much more clear if you are interested in a prediction-based experience, because they're not bothered by a bunch of other spirits in the room. They can generally access your guides, your birth guide, and you can imagine that there's less chaos, there's less talking um, in the room of a psychic than there is a medium, because mediums, we have to sort out a minimum of like 20 spirits walk into our room with you. So we have a bigger, um, we have more energy to deal with, and we have to expel more energy to refine the messages and what we hear. Um, okay, so number two is it's okay if your client doesn't follow your guidance. So whether that's an actual professional client or our children or your friend, It's it's okay. You, I just really want to encourage you because there's this myth that if you're psychic, you know, like there's sense of responsibility for everybody else. And I just really want to make sure that after you listen to the podcast today, that you know it's just it's their life and they're living their life. And sometimes they're in tune with their guidance, and sometimes they're in that rebellious state. And whatever energy they come to the table with is the energy that they're learning from and so I always say to my students I mean it literally our only job is to say yes to the guidance that we get excuse me We say yes, that we'll listen to the guidance. We'll say yes, that we'll offer the guidance. Everything else is really out of our control. And we, just because we get guidance for people doesn't mean it's our fault or responsibility. Obviously, there's a little extra conversation if you are a parent, but if it's a client or a friend, there. are adults typically, and they will do what they do. I just really want to remind you that it's okay if they don't follow the guidance that you've offered. And number three, it's okay if you're not 100% correct all the time. So I get really frustrated with some of my most psychic students are... My harder students to teach because they have such a hard lined way of using their intuition and the belief system since they were little people is really, really deep um, because it's just such a huge part of, um, you know, it's kind of like getting dressed backwards. I mean, if you get dressed backwards your whole life, and at fifty somebody tells you to, you'd be better off doing it a different way. Oh, it's very, very hard. But also, they have the ability to project information that I pick up. <laughs> so often, the very, the very, very psychic um, students of mine can be harder for me to read, and I just have to have a little sense of humor around it. I mean, um. If they're projecting something, it can come out of my mouth. And therefore, if it doesn't work out quite right, because it was a projection, it wasn't guidance, the information I gave them would be quote unquote wrong. But what has to happen is a, you have to have a little bit of a sense of humor around it. You are human. You, they can be so powerful that that's just the nature of working with that type of person. So um, sometimes the guides will have us sort of say not exactly the right thing because the person has to get to it on their own. Um, there's there's some personalities where if you give them their direct guidance, the rebellious archetype in them will do the exact opposite. So they they're just there's a lot of nuances in that. When maybe like if we're using that mechanical. Description: You falsely diagnose something, or you know, you don't give guidance a hundred percent right. There, there, there is always a reason for it. I, I assure you on that. But most importantly, just have a little bit of self, self uh, a sense of humor around you as a human being, and them as a maybe really talented shapeshifter. Or, or there's just a lot of different reasons why you as a psychic may not always be a hundred percent right. Um, we can definitely be not 100% right if we have any emotional stake in it, you know, so by far the hardest people to be clear on are my children, because there's that my sort of mama bear, just, it can take over my actual brain. (laughs) And that's just that's just the way it's going to be with my children. So there are certain relationships that we can be just as you know, intuitively dumb as anybody else because of our humanity really takes over or our fear or our desire for something to be lighter or better or happier for them. Um, So there are things we can do. There are definitely things I would teach you um, if you are reading your children. And if you want to be more clear, there are things we can do to overcome those things. But on a really nitty gritty, humane level, these are just all part of the landscape of intuition. So Okay. And as we wrap up, I I just really want to say, you know, this is whether it's for you or whether you are seeking mentorship or you are going to a session with a psychic, my number one criteria to know if the guidance is good is to observe how good the psychic's life is. So there's a refinement here because every intuitive has to have the time to learn intuition, because especially if we're born this way, if you're born this way, um, my intuition, for example, very much was like weaponized against me. So I wasn't clear, you know, if the energy was bad, I'd go towards it like a moth, you know? Um, So it did take me, it was really working with the public that helped me if like, if I can see your guides so good, then I could see mine. If the guides were telling you this, this, and this, then that's exactly how my guides would communicate with me. And so I had to go into the world of this professionally to organize my intuition better. Um, And so there, I have clients that I've had since back then. And they have said, Oh, I never thought anything. I just didn't even know you were struggling in any way. And though I'm glad it wasn't super obvious. I know how hard it was to, um, heal so many things. I was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I was really confronting monumental things and still very much in resistance of my own guidance in some ways. And so I remember the struggles, but, um, when I finally surrendered to my guidance, I mean, my life is just incredible. And I want my clients to know that my marriage is wonderful. My children are incredible and happy and successful. Um, Our health is incredible and good. Our home life is peaceful and wonderful. And why, why that's important is because my life is an evidence of how good and gracious intuition is, it's just completely changed my living reality. And I know people that are out in the world as psychics that have terrible relationships, terrible home lives, you know, completely obliterated children. And I just really feel like in that those severe situations, who the hell are you to give anyone guidance that that is how I feel. Um, I've, hired a lovely woman to do my social media, Lainey Flanagan. And she, you know, bringing her on the team has exposed me to all these people on the social media that I would have not have otherwise interacted with. And it's funny because as a professional, when people sort of DM me or get in the comments or like I read your energy call me you know it's like it's all this kind of weird um predatory and I just kind of think oh my god I wonder if you were somebody who really did want psychic help and these psychics are like you know oh your energy or oh god there's something there you know call me as soon as possible like you're in danger it's all very grotesque and it it's upsetting to me that if, if a psychic really had something of value to offer you, they would talk to you like an actual person and have the dignity to reach out to you in a humane way. So that would be another criteria I would look for. Who is the psychic to offer guidance? What is the quality of their life? It does matter. And what is, what is how do they communicate with you? What type of humanity do they bring to the table when they talk to you? That would be my second criteria. So, anyway, I just wanted to share those things with you. I wanted to tell you just kind of this profoundness of this mechanicness of the soul and how, with self awareness, I don't mess up cars or I don't dare fix house air conditioners. <laughs> and now, when my husband does not feel called to uh, interfere or intervene with spiritual matters, I no longer judge him. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you do make things worse. Good self awareness there, fella. I'll take care of that. And you take care of the car. And we're just so happy and grateful to have each other. And that is how this life is meant to be. We all need each other in our special capacities. So. Well, I look forward to connecting with you next time. Go to Amazon.com and get the book, Be Guided and Be Great. I can't wait for you to read it. And uh, we'll do the book launch on October 1st as well. So I'll see you then. In the meantime, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclaire.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You?, Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.